history, what do you think of? Book. A mystery book. Okay. Scooby Doo. <laughs> I just see you and your kids enjoying Scooby Doo. Something unknown. A mystery is something unknown. What else? Hidden. Hidden. Something that's hidden. Okay. Something you want an answer to. Something you want an answer to. Great. So we're we're, we're going to talk about our lives being shaped by mystery. And uh, it, what's what's amazing about that mystery? It's not a mystery that's meant to remain hidden. It's a mystery that is made known. So we are a people that live to receive insight, revelation about that which has been hidden so that we can make known to the people around us what God has hidden, the mystery of God. And our lives are shaped by that. It's also a season where there are new births. And I'm... that's hard for me to say births, but it's multiple births. So. From the emotionally healthy church, in emotionally healthy churches, people embrace grief as a way to become more like God. They understand what a critical component of discipleship grieving our losses is. Why? Grieving our losses is the only pathway to becoming a compassionate person like our Lord Jesus. I covered over my losses for years and years, unaware of how they were shaping my current relationships and leadership. God was seeking (laughs) to enlarge my soul and mature me while I was seeking a a quick end To my pain, he won. So writes Peter Scazzaro. Our community has gone through a season of grief. And I want us as a community to learn how to embrace that grief. Why? Because it's a way that we become like God. It fits so perfectly with what we've been doing A God-shaped life. God is shaping our lives. We're being conformed. Being conformed. We're being conformed. We're in a process of being conformed to the image of Jesus. And you cannot be conformed into the image of Jesus without embracing, learning how to embrace grief, how to walk through it. It's a critical component of discipleship. So all of us that have been discipled, if we have not been discipled by someone that helps us to embrace grief and and loss, we have not yet been discipled. It's critical that we learn how to embrace grief and loss. Then, I, I mean, again, I'm just using his words. I just think it's amazing. It is the, he highlights, the only pathway to becoming a more compassionate person like our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus has compassion upon those people that are seeking a place of safety and refuge. That's the kind of people that Jesus has compassion for. The church needs to have that compassion. Sadly, right now, the church does not have much compassion. 
The church is living in more fear than it is compassion. That's not Jesus. So one of the things we haven't learned how to do, we haven't learned how to embrace grief and loss in general. God seeks, this is incredible, God seeks to enlarge our soul and to mature us. And one of the ways he does that is to grieve. And I know that grief doesn't, it doesn't, grief doesn't feel like I'm enlarging. Grief thinks I'm like it's, I'm the life's being sucked out of me. But actually that space that God is enlarging us. Covering our losses. If all we do is cover our losses, minimize our losses, medicate our losses, avoid our losses, it impacts our current relationships and it impacts the leadership of the church. I mean, those are all things that just jump off the page for me in my life and in the life of our community. Now, I believe that what what I've tried to share is not, let's get over it. Because <coughs> I don't think that, you, I, don't, I don't think that, you can't do that. But there's a way, there's a direction for us to travel through grief. And grief will run its cycle in all of our lives. And we're not on the same spin cycle with grief. <laughs> it, some of us will grieve. I mean, the typical time of grief is a year. But it can, that can stretch to two years. So I'm, this is not a way, okay, you know, step one, step two, step three, okay, we're done, let's move on. So what I'm trying to say is there's, there's a direction that we can head and that through time and through the activity of a community together and the activity of the Holy Spirit, we, we do cycle through grief. But that there's not, I'm, not, I'm not attaching steps or a timeline. First step, the direct, we've got to pay attention to pain. We can't ignore it. We just can't say it doesn't exist. I, I've shared and I will share a lot. Uh, we, went through, we went through a season in uh, the second church, maybe. I can't remember. Susan and I have had such an interesting history of church planting. Because we haven't ever left the city, but we've actually like planted four churches. But we, we went through a season where the church was actually experiencing visitation from God. The Holy Spirit would show up in ways that we were not used to. And the people with us were not used to it. And it just looked, I mean, it just looked like trembling. I mean, people, this, the presence of God would fall upon people. People would tremble. One of those people was my daughter. Daddy, am I cold? Because she's just shaking. And it's, oh, no. Not very cold, <laughs> pretty hot, since we're talking about Pentecost. You know, that, for, for a guy, I wasn't from that background. I wasn't looking for demonstrative things. that. So anyway, there are people that got upset about that. We, you know, we, whoa, 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 we don't want God interrupting the service. You know, because you know what that means. Well, you know what that means. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does it mean? And so people begin to leave except for a small core people. And I was having lunch with one of the, the, one of the last people that, you know, had been around and helping and this and that. And this man across the table from me who we'd spent time together, we'd gone hunting together. Uh, you know, it just wasn't just come on, just not just Sundays. He said to me, well, Scott, I think it's time for us to leave. 
because I don't have any more friends attending the church. And I, I cannot tell you what it was like to hear that because I couldn't respond. Because if, if I would have responded, it would have just been this, I was in a public place, it would have been, it would have been tears and snot, and, and I would have said, but what about me? Am I not your friend? I'm just your pastor, not your friend. I mean, it was like, oh, put the dagger in the heart and twist it. That was a loss. That was a super loss. So through the years, Susan and I, the thing that we have shared the most grief about is just the number of people that come in and come out of life. And that's just a reality. That just happens, but it's a loss we don't pay attention to that pain we can't grow we can't enlarge so we all have been we've all, we all bear the pain of lost relationships whether through death whether it's through people moving on in life you got you got to pay attention to that you got to acknowledge it i'm hurting here then the next thing is what we talked about last week living in the confusing in between because once you start hurting, then it's like you start, you start losing orientation. It's like, God, I don't know where you are. I don't know why I'm experiencing this pain. Something must be wrong. I need to quit here. I need to go there. I don't know. I'm, I'm just disoriented to everything. We've got to learn how to live through a season like that. Then what I want to talk about today is we have to allow the old to give birth to the new. And you know what? This is like pretty incredible. This is from Emotionally Healthy Church. When we embrace grief, it gives birth to. We become more compassionate as our Heavenly Father is compassionate. We have a greater concern for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the marginalized, the wounded. We're less covetous and idolatrous. We're liberated from being... Having to impress others. We're able to live more comfortably with mystery when it comes to God and his plans. We are characterized by a greater humility and vulnerability. We place God at the center of our lives and we begin rejecting superficial, trivial pursuits. Now, if that wasn't enough, there's another whole page. What God wants to give birth to when we are willing to embrace grief and walk through it. We experience an enhanced sense of living in the immediate present rather than postponing life until retirement. We enjoy a new vivid sense of the basic facts of life, the changing season, wind, the falling of the leaves, people made God's image. We have fewer fears and a greater willingness to take risks. We're kinder. We understand what... What bonds us as followers of Jesus living in community is our brokenness. That is so, so incredibly important. Not that we all agree to the same doctrine. We're on the same, this is what's right, by golly, by gum. And doctrine is important. What we believe is important, but it's not what binds us together. It's our compassion for one another. Because life has some downs. 
We sense the reality of heaven in a new way, understanding more fully that we're only aliens and sojourners on the earth. We have a pilgrim faith. We're just passing through. And then finally, we're at home with ourselves and with God. Maybe looking at that list, we can begin to understand what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who embrace loss, for they will be comforted because the comfort comes in multiple births of new things that God's bringing into our lives. So I I take all of that to say, as a community that has been experiencing grief, hoping that we're learning to embrace grief, passing through grief, I believe that God wants to give birth to many new things. And it brings me now to Colossians 4. Because there's there's this this connection between what Peter Scazzaro is saying but what we're learning from God's word. Devote yourselves to prayer. What's your habit of prayer? When do you spend time with Jesus? What's your favorite place? Do you remember who you're talking to? Do you remember who you're listening to? In the season of resurrection, he's the resurrected living Lord. We get to hang out with him. Keeping alert. Paying attention. In it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us as well that God may open to us a door for the word that we may declare the word is the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ for which I'm in prison so that I may reveal it clearly as I should. In our habit of prayer, pay attention, not just to who you're with, what you're saying, what he's saying, but that's the place to pay attention to lament. Sometimes We're so good sometimes at segmenting our lives. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And, then, and if that, that lament button, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to spend time in lament with you. Well, who are you going to spend time with lament? Who are you going to spend time grieving with if it's not Jesus? That is the time. Pay attention to the lament when you're with Jesus. And then thank him. As far as the lament goes, thank him that you're being conformed to the image of Jesus as you experience the grief, the loss, as you're going through the process. Thank him. He's enlarging your soul. You're becoming kinder. You're becoming more compassionate. You're you're realizing the limitations of who you are as a human being. And then in that, also pray at the same time for the birth of living comfortably with the mystery that we are to proclaim. That's just one thing out of that whole list that connects with this passage. The mystery of Christ is our proclamation. Colossians 1.26, Colossians 1.27, Colossians 2.2, Colossians 4.3. There you have it. That's the mystery. There's the address. (laughs) What is it? What is the mystery of Christ? Anybody got those memorized? No, I don't have those memorized. 
I mean, for some reason, Paul thought it was important to use musterion. I love that word, musterion. Mystery. Four times in this letter. The part of the reason he did that is because there were mystery cults. So you secret societies. So you could kind of enter into those and you kept the little secrets to yourself. That's not what he's talking about. Total thing that you enter in to proclaim it. What's the mystery? I want to suggest to you, if you go back and you look at those and just think about them, pray about, I'd like to suggest to you that the mystery is Jesus. The mystery is Jesus. Christ Jesus himself is the mystery in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge became a man and dwelt among us. God became like us. That's a mystery. Made known. And then connected to that is Christ Jesus maturing. Christ Jesus maturing. His his presence being matured in both the Jew and the Gentile. And that's, that's the only hope of glory that anybody, any human could ever hope for. It's all found in Jesus maturing himself through us, regardless if you're a Jew or a Gentile. That's it. Jesus. Jesus is the mystery. And he's the mystery that we are to proclaim. Paul is saying, I I want more opportunity than I presently have because I'm locked in a prison cell. (laughs) And you know that Paul made really good opportunity whenever he was in prison. He did a great job of telling people when he was locked up about the mystery of Jesus. But he's like really, he's like wanting to move on to other opportunities. So may God open up opportunities for us to proclaim with our actions and our words the mystery of Christ Jesus. Look through those windows. See that big old rec center? Why was that big old rec center built? Why did our city invest in that big old rec center? What were they anticipating? Other people are coming. And every person that's moving into our community is another opportunity for you and I to share the mystery of Jesus with. Susan, what, was it? what are we? We are the what? Second fastest growing city of 50,000 or more in the United States. Why are you here? (laughs) Why does God want you here? May God give us opportunities to proclaim the mystery of Jesus with our actions and our words. May God release us from the prisons that keep us silent, too fearful to proclaim the mystery of Jesus to our generation. How do, you think we're, how do you think we're doing in making known the mystery of Jesus to our generation?
I mean, I don't want to be a sad sack. But I don't think we're doing very good. (laughs) Somehow, so we're missing something. And and part of this is that we are silent. We we and and and, and it just just gets complicated. May God make the mystery of Christ plain to us. You know, may He illuminate us. May He ignite us. And then may we, as Paul did, may we realize that it's, it is necessary for us to do this work of proclamation. If we are not telling other people with our mouth and with the way that we live our life that Jesus is worth knowing, nobody else is going to do it. Right? And then sometimes those that are doing it, I'm thinking, oh my goodness gracious, that is not the Jesus I know. That is not the God I know. That's not the history I know. I don't think God's doing that today. What? So if we're going to leave the story up to others, then like sometimes we got to settle for, holy cow. That's not what I believe. I want the Holy Spirit to help us. Because I think as as we travel through this season of grief, as we process grief, as we embrace loss, as we live in like a disorienting time, then we move on into a season where he gives birth to new things. And I think that one of the things that he wants to give birth to is he wants us to get back into the business of proclaiming the mystery of Jesus to our neighbors. And we'll have to figure out how do we do that together. So would you like to stand with me? When, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come, we're, it's, not, we're, it's not like we don't think he's already here. We believe he's here. We believe that he dwells within all who follow Jesus. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we actually say, come Holy Spirit, all we're really asking is, would you activate your ministry in us and through us? That's, that's what we're asking. And when, when we pray these prayers, I, um, I'm not sure... How much expectation did I think he's going to do it right then? I, sometimes I think that when we pray these prayers in our community, it's an invitation for him to be, begin to do something that develops over time. And especially the prayers that I want to pray for us today. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, no, I'm not, I don't want to put limits on him, but... Uh, I think he wants to start something that will increase over time. So again, we're in process. We're in process. We won't arrive there today. So this is, come Holy Spirit, begin to do this within us and through us. So come Holy Spirit.
we, I think together we acknowledge that we are totally incapable in and of our own strength to follow Jesus and to respond to the invitations that Jesus gives us to do ministry in his name. So we're totally dependent upon you. You are that other helper that Jesus promised. And so we come with that attitude, help us. Help us, because if you don't help us, this is not going to happen. Help us. First of all, as a community, I ask that you would help us travel through this season of embracing grief, living in disorientation, and a season of birth. Give birth to new things. However long that season is, help us. Help us with one another. We're not on the same timeline. Help us. Help us to walk together as we grieve our losses, as we're confused, as we lament. Then finally, as you give birth to new things. In light of what, what, what I've shared today from your word, I do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would open opportunities for each of us to proclaim the mystery of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would open the door to our neighbor's heart. Open the door to our co-worker's heart. Open the door to our fellow students' life. Open the door. Of, give us access into people's lives. That we could very naturally, in a friendly way... <laughs> Share the mystery of Jesus. Holy Spirit, set us free from our prisons. We have put ourselves in prisons that keep us silent and fearful of proclaiming Jesus to our generation. Reveal what those prisons are and open the door. And finally, Holy Spirit... Anoint us, empower us for the ministry of making known the mystery of Jesus to our generation. We, we cannot do it without your help. Empower us. Remind us to rely upon you. Make known the mystery of Jesus to our generation through us. In your name.